Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance and today I am super thrilled to introduce English National Ballet first artist Precious Adams. We're here in the studios at the English National Ballet's London home, where they're packing up to move to their new East London home. So thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day, Precious. Thanks so much for having me. So let's very quickly um, take a look back at your journey to where you have come from Michigan in the States and arrived here in London at one of the most prestigious companies in the world. Tell us about growing up and um, what made you sort of dance and how old were you when you first got started in Michigan? Uh, let's see, how did it all start? I always was kind of a mover whenever I heard music. I was like, you know, I wanted to move, but I think I remember my mom kind of describing me as like not like a very graceful dancer, it was just kind of like a frumpy mover. But I remember always dancing in the living room. And um, my mom actually, she did her residency in New York and that was what kind of exposed her to like ballet and dance and culture and stuff. And so I think she always had this idea of having like a really graceful daughter. Um, and so she signed me up for creative movement classes and um, it just kicked off from there. Um, I used to be like a jazz and tap dancer when I was like six and seven years old. And then I think I did like my first lyrical solo when I was eight and I think everyone just kind of realized like, well, she's kind of a more graceful mover. Um, yeah, I look kind of awkward when I try to do hip hop. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, teachers just suggested that I go to some like real ballet classes and go to a ballet school and so that started and then um yeah it all just took off from there i really just fell in love with it and i think when i was 10 years old i was exposed to like professional high level ballet for the first time so when i saw like the joffrey ballet do the nutcracker and i did like a summer intensive and i saw like i remember seeing this 18 year old girl who was like a pre-professional ballet dancer who had like very good training and and that was kind of the first time i saw just like muscle definition and just like technique and like someone who was just so poised and beautiful and graceful and that's when I knew like I wanted to be a ballet dancer when I grew up so then I did so then I started telling my mom this is what I need to do this is where I need to go I need to go to a ballet school and um, she just she just supported me and helped me and then convinced my father to also like support me as well and yeah I think I think by the time I was like 16 17 18 I think like they both just kind of realized like okay it wasn't just a hobby or a passion. I think they could both see like I could I could have a future, and so yeah, like they both really support me. So, yeah. And you went on to train with some prestigious and across the globe companies. Oh, sorry, dance schools. So um, you started with the Academy of Russian Classical Ballet in Michigan, mm -hmm. but then you've also trained with the National Ballet School of Canada, the Princess uh, Grace Monaco Monte Carlo. Mm -hmm and the Bolshoi Ballet Academy as well in and in fact I should have said that as the Academy Princess Grace Monaco Monte Carlo yeah. <laughs> still didn't get it right third time I was that like dance de Monte Carlo the Academy, Academy de Dance Monte Carlo yeah, yeah. The official name of it now um, tell me so you know that's quite a, a, a global prestigious training how has those experiences influenced you as a dancer um, I think it's made me a, an incredibly versatile dancer. Um, even even now today in class, I switch up kind of like what 
base of technique I focus on. Like sometimes I change my style in class and I'll do kind of like more French footwork or I'll do, use kind of a more Russian um, like style. Um, and I just, I, throughout the season I switch up kind of like which which style I focus on, like a more English style, a more like sub, like a more controlled, a more subdued style. Um, sometimes I get like a little bit more American with it. And I think it just it's made me a very versatile dancer, um, and yeah, it's just kind of expanded my understanding of the different ways of training. Um, yeah, and then after you graduated. Tell us about how you came to join the English National Ballet. What inspired your journey here? Well, I actually got a contract at English National Ballet through the Prix de Lausanne um, ballet competition in Switzerland, um, which was a dream of mine from, I think it was when I was 12 years old, was like when I first like found out about Prix de Lausanne on YouTube and watched those videos. And then I realized um, how, how selective it was and how it wasn't just, you weren't just judged off of like a two minute variation or in some cases like a 45 second variation on stage, you were judged across a whole week. Um, and I, I remember when I was 12 years old, I was like, I need to do Prix de Lausanne at some point because I was like, I think it would be a really good learning experience, a really good growing experience. And I just figured it's kind of a really good way to expose yourself to several different directors in one go um, instead of traveling a lot to audition, which can be like really, um, which can be really expensive. And um, so yeah, that's how I got my contract. I did Prix de Lausanne. And um, yeah, I, I had a conversation with Tamara while at the networking forum at Prix de Lausanne, and it just kind of made sense because um, it was it was a court of ballet contract versus getting like a trainee contract. And the thing was, I was I was 18 going on 19 the year that I did Prix de Lausanne, so I knew in September the start of a new season I was going to be 19, and I was kind of like, I don't think I really want to do a trainee program um, at this point because I was like, I'm 19, I'll be 19. I think, I, I think I'm ready to be in the core. So Tamara had a lot of faith in me and yeah. So in fact, you were a double prize winner at the competition. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that Tamara has snapped you up and uh, had you join the core. And you've been with the company five years now and you're a first artist now. Tell us about what the transition from being a, um, a professional ballet student, I guess, into a professional company member. What was that? What's the last five years in terms of the transition felt like? Um, it's a really interesting transition. I think a lot of people um, there can be there can be a bit of a shock when you go from being a student to being a professional because suddenly you're not paying to get training; you're getting paid to to perform and to produce a certain level of work. Um, for a company, this, this is a business, and while it is like it's my passion and it's my life's work, it is it is a business, and in a way, like my body's like the product, kind of. So um, it's a lot more self-discipline. You don't have a teacher looking at your every movement, looking to see if you're doing your technique correctly, if you're practicing everything in class correctly. There isn't someone like pushing you and nagging you necessarily. There's, I mean, like there's obviously there's support, and that's what our coaches are for, but it's you realize a lot more of that discipline comes from yourself. You also have a lot more freedom. I'm not in a boarding school with a curfew anymore. Um, you know, I'm of drinking age. I have, all, I live in London. There's like, there's so much that um, I'm exposed to. And um, you just, you realize like, as far as you want to go with your career, it's kind of up to you. Do you want to come in early and do Pilates? Or do you want to like sleep in and like just show up for the rehearsal? And like all those little patterns, um, yeah, like your director, your um, 
the ballet masters, they all they all keep track of that and they take note of that and you just you kind of realize like it's kind of in your hands now how far you want to go because everyone's at like this really high level. You wouldn't have gotten into the company if you weren't, you know, at like this at this high level. Um, so yeah, you just you kind of realize like it's kind of up to you now, like how far do you want to go? Do you want to do principal roles? Do you, you know, can you handle the pressure and the stress? And I think I go through like periods when I get little opportunities, when it feels really good to be given that little bit of um, extra responsibility to do, you know, pas de trois, to do a little bit, to be shown a little bit more, but it is like more pressure. And sometimes um, psychologically, if you're not kind of in a place where you're ready to handle that pressure, it can, you don't always perform at your best, but then there's other times when you feel like, I can do more, I can do more. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's all up to it's all up to you now. You have to take all the training and experience that you've acquired over like the past eight years or however long you've been doing ballet, and just kind of like utilize it. Yeah. And the English National Ballet is a touring company, so you're on the road quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell us about life as a touring dancer. Um, it's really fun. Um, I think if you just like embrace it. Um, yeah, we do a national tour every fall for five or six weeks, usually to the same cities around the UK, um, which is kind of, it's kind of nice to like know like, oh, every year I get to go back to Bristol, which is like my favorite, um, which is my favorite um, UK city outside London. Um, or we, we do a lot of really fun international tours, which is kind of the big perk. Like we, we've gone to China, we've gone to Japan, Singapore, New Zealand. I can name all the countries we've gone to. We've gone like everywhere, Colombia, Oman, just some really incredible places and I know that I wouldn't have gotten to travel that much if I had done something else with my life so I always try to look for like when times get hard because um, it is hard to be to move to be moving all the time um, I just like I think about oh my god I would have never gotten to go to Japan and stay in a five-star hotel for three weeks if I had any other job I don't think so little things like that just make it all worth it so and looking back over your five years with the English National Ballet do you have any real highlights or moments that really stand out for you already in your career so far? Yeah, um, so like I said, some of the incredible places that we've toured to internationally, but in terms of performances, um, I did the Chosen One in Pina Bausch Rite of Spring this year. Which that was, was amazing, by the way, I have to Did say. you see it? It was a, literally, you were incredible. Did you see it? Absolutely, oh. sensational. <laughs> I, I, that, that performance will stay with me, I think, for the rest of my life. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, that means so much. Um, yeah, it was, I remember the first show, it was quite, it's It's weird, it's kind of trippy, because I had done it um, two years ago when we first did it, just a part of the group, and I remember saying that it was like this like really spiritual like experience, because it's, it's really physical, but it's also something about being in the earth and being with everyone. There's like this ritual, like connect, thing that happens that just feels really good but when you suddenly are the chosen one and you're brought out of like the collective group and like the safety of being in the group and you face everyone um, it, it's like this emotional overload and you can see everyone against this ba- this black backdrop and it's just like it's just the strangest thing and it was like this weird out-of-body experience but it was it was just really really incredible so that one will stay with me for forever um, just in terms of just feeling like really like free and good on stage um, and then, yeah, all the foresight stuff we've done has just been like really rewarding. I think because um, working with Billy, the journey of working with Billy Forsyth is just so rewarding, and it's such a like beautiful collaborative experience. Um, and yeah, and I think he knows how to like bring to 
to bring some like really good, interesting, creative things out of you as a dancer, which has been, so that experience was very fun. Um, but yeah, also, yeah, doing Parata was also really rewarding, doing something like really classical um, with a company that was kind of featured was really nice, so. Um, yeah. So some good, some good memories there. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, I had a look on your fabulous Instagram and uh, I love how you describe yourself as a visionary and innovator, creative athlete. My mom, I have to thank my mom for that one. <laughs> we were having some like Facebook conversation and she was like, she's like, Precious, you're a creative athlete, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, mom. I was like, when did you start saying creative? I think that's wonderful, like that's great. Cause I was like, I kind of like the way that sounds because I think a lot of dancers, we've kind of like, we've gone beyond just being like a tutu wearing like being or whatever. It's, you know, a lot of it's like, you have to curate your image online. You have to like sell yourself, you know, you want to do galas, you want to do shows, you want to do collaborations with other artists and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of gone beyond just like point shoes and tutus, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think like, what EMB is also trying to do is we're trying to appeal to a wider audience. So I think the term creative athlete just kind of like opens up that, you know, we're like these high level professional classical, classically trained dancers and artists, but we do a lot more than, than just, just, you know, your sleeping beauties and stuff. We try to do it all, so. Yeah, I, I love that description. <laughs> and I loved also your description where you say, that. you know, you're seeking the fullest expression of self. And I, I wanted to um, hear what that fullest expression is for you. What does that mean for you? Mm, that's a very deep question. I don't want to go too deep into it. That's but okay. I think like, I guess, I guess again, I, I realized I was a mover from really early on. I think like, I have an artistic side, I have a creative side. And as it turns out, my physical body is how I choose to like express myself. and. I think ballet and technique all come into the picture with just learning to how to refine what I choose to do with my body and how I choose to express myself so that there's there's more definition in how I express myself. There's it can be contextualized a little bit cleaner. Um, and that's like that's where technique comes in. But I think it's the beautiful combination of like all my technical training with everything that I bring through my artistic side and everything that develops artistically and like bringing those two together with the music um, can just be like this really beautiful experience and as it turns out that's how I express myself and I think how I express myself the best. Yeah. And you talked about the sort of rigors of the training and it's obviously quite a lot of hard work in addition to just being in a company, touring companies, as you say, traveling is quite can be quite arduous, although lovely, wonderful places. How do you, um, I guess, deal with all of the physical and emotional demands of this incredible creative athletic profession that we have? I am still trying to figure that out, the, men the mental and physical sides of it. Um, it's all about like trying to find a balance. I know that like doing little conditioning things like Pilates and gyrotonics and trying to keep those things accessible to myself because I know that physically they help me so much. Um, but yeah, I meditate every morning. That's, and I started doing that about two years ago. And I think that really, it's helped me so much with like just balancing like everything that can get caught up in your head. Um, so that's kind of, 
that's that's those are kind of like the things that like help me stay balanced like physically and mentally is um yeah meditating trying to be mindful because yeah the traveling a lot obviously all the stress and the pressure can can be a lot um and then sometimes when you start to when i just get like way too crazy i just go precious is just ballet like you don't need to be so well it's like it's my entire life's like purpose um sometimes i just like have to bring myself down a peg and just be like it's just ballet like you know and you just gain some perspective and so little things like meditating and pilates and all of that they just they help me like calibrate my body and mind so you're five years into company life with E and B around. So what what are you sort of looking forward to in the future? You're you're very young. You're at the beginning. You know, well not the beginnings of your career, but the early stages of your career. <laughs> what what are you sort of aspiring to, or what goals do you have personally for yourself that you'd be happy to share? Um. Okay. Well, this summer I'm doing my first full length ballet. I'm performing Sleeping Beauty in Cape Town with um. Cape Town Ballet. So that's a big um, tick that's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> um, but beyond that, um, I mean, I just have like normal like goals, like I wanna start a family someday, I wanna get at least a bachelor's degree before my dance career's over and put a small business in place. Um, so yeah, like all of those things are like in my head and I'm trying to like set those things up um, my sister and I have started a small non-for-profit project that we haven't officially launched yet, so I'm not going to, like, talk about it too much. That's okay. We look forward to hearing about it in the future. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear about it soon, but yeah. And what, in, what is, so what do you think is special about this company and why does it feel like home to you? Um, I think something about touring so much with the dancers in EMB has like made us all really close um, and we do we do some like we do over 128 shows a year and you're on if you're in the company you're on stage for I mean I think I'm on stage for like 125 of those shows at least um, at, like at least I think if you're like under first soloist you're on stage for like 96 percent of the shows I would say at least um, if you're physically like fit um, so I think just like the workload and the traveling, it just, it, it just makes you close. And I think everyone, we, we have like the same plight. So we, we all just like support each other. And I think for the most part, the company culture is, um, it's not competitive in a nasty way. There's just like none of that black swan crap. Um, it's just like kind of not here. And I think also just with like having like psychologists on hand, nutritionists, physical therapists, um, having all those resources, sports science, all those resources just like are a part of our company now and Tamara's brought all of that in. I think it's just helped to create a much healthier like work environment and um, yeah, I think it's just, there's, there's all this support around. So it's just made us all really close, I think as a family and as friends. And your days are um, quite uh, long, obviously. How do you? You mentioned meditation. What would be? Pe what would people be surprised to learn about you that you do outside of your your ballet world? Um, I wish I had something like cool and weird that I did, but I don't think I. I don't think I do. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think the I think I guess the meditating is kind of like that's like a pretty like deep personal thing that I'm like telling you guys now. So. Well, I know that will inspire a lot of people, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's like I think it's become like a lot more popular in Western culture now, and yeah, I think it's really beneficial. I think you just have to kind of find the type of meditation that works for you, and there's like there's so many different methods and um, ways to to kind of like I don't know, find yourself or whatever, balance yourself. I think that's kind of that's my secret. <laughs> It's a good secret to have. And who inspires you in, in your life? Not just in the dance world, perhaps, but in your life, who, who has been or make, is an inspiration to you? Uh, there's like so many people. I mean, we can, just, we can just go through like all the people on Instagram I follow, pretty much. Um, not to be like totally millennial, but um, Actually, I have my mentor, Annette Anthony, she's kind of like, um, she's not a dancer, but somehow we like came together and she's a huge influence on me. Um, Cause she's just, she's an independent black woman just doing her thing. Um, so she's like a really important inspiration to me. And she just, she inspires me to, to, to do something with my life, yeah. Well, you mentioned role model there, and of course you'll be a role model to so many aspiring dancers around the world. And I'm interested to know um, if one of those younger dancers came to you and asked for your words of advice um, based on your experiences so far, what advice would you give to other aspiring young dancers? Hmm. I guess I would say like trust trust your gut trust your intuition try to get in tune with your intuition and your gut and like follow your heart um if it feels like the direction that your heart is telling you to go and like the outside world is telling you differently like, differently maybe you just have to change your environment and and just like just don't stop listening to your heart yeah yeah it's really lovely advice and finally why do you dance? What do you love about it? What makes you get up every single day and continue to do this? Um, uh, I guess I just like, it's when you have like those little moments of like when, like when a pirouette feels just really on it or really good or when you can just like indulge a little bit in a step or like just being like the community of like being in class with like people that love ballet the same way you do. Um, it's like, yeah, there's like the, these little golden moments that happen throughout like the tough times. Cause I mean, ballet is not easy. Um, that just like, that just make it all worth it. And yeah, I just like, I remember like the little feelings I had when I was like a little girl who really wanted to dance. Um, yeah, and I just like remember like I'm living my dream, so. Well, it's a beautiful dream. We love to watch you. Good luck in Cape Town. That sounds amazing. Great company. And for those who are listening, of course, check out, and you have got to love Precious's Instagram. It's Preciousagram. Fantastic. I love it. P-R-E-C-O-I-O-U-S-A-G-R-A-M. Preciousagram. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us.
Join us on Facebook and Twitter.